What's going on, everybody? Steven Rizzotto here, back with episode number 15 of RizzoCast on RizzoCast. And we are joined today by a journalism student at Syracuse University. She also covers the Reds um, for her for a blog called The Big Red Machine. Uh, is it called Big Red blog Machine? Red. Blog, blog Red, Red, Red Machine. Machine. That makes a lot more sense. And the Syracuse uh, Independent Student Newspaper, of course, the Daily Orange. Um, Allie Kaler. So I'm excited to have Allie here. Allie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing well, of course. Um, we're not in a normal time at all. And um, I think it's fair to say that a lot of us have had a lot of free time on our hands. Uh, I've had my free time. I've taken up a sports writing course. I've been reading. Uh, so I was interested and intrigued to hear what you've been doing with your kind of spare time. So recently I've been like working a lot. I got a job at a local restaurant, been working like 30 hours a week. So making good money. Other than that, um, we have like this geo sports writing summer reading where it's actually pretty interesting. It's like two articles a week just from like different things we've done ESPN we've done SI WAPO like all sorts of different sports articles that we read two a week and then write a reflection on it and that's like we're regularly keeping up with quality journalism we're like staying invested in that like read like reading and then reflecting is huge because it's like oh I really like how they did this and then maybe like I can start incorporating that into my own writing um I've just been towards the beginning of quarantine did like a ton of puzzles I haven't really done puzzles anymore but yeah so a lot of reading a lot of working I've been writing like just for myself too that's awesome yeah so and just to pick up where you left off with the puzzles um yeah we 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 kind of did the puzzles at the beginning too and now there's just a big unfinished disneyland one sitting on the coffee table right now in the living room um but yeah i think that's great that you guys are reading other writers and it's something every writer should do uh, i definitely do it read other writers just to see what they do so that's pretty awesome so the big news this week is baseball's ba baseball's back um it is back. It's going to be back on our TVs. It's going to be back at the ballparks. Of course, there's no fans that are going to be there. Um, and that's probably a safe thing. Um, so what are your thoughts about having baseball back? I'm sure it's all positive. Um, so let's hear what you are most excited about. Okay, I am 100% most excited to see Nick Castellanos hit bombs to Great American Ballpark. Like, as soon as he was signed, like, Oh, I was freaking out because I saw someone tweet this thing. It was like an overlay of Nick Castellanos' spray chart from last season, overlaid with Great American Ballpark, 74 home runs if you played 162 at GABP last oh year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? So, and so, like, it'll be really great to see how he does, like, with a full season at a ballpark that's not Detroit. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Then, of course, you've got our other, like, new additions. You've got Moustakas, Akiyama. Like, it's going to be a great season. I'm really looking forward to this Red Squad, seeing what they can do and 
finally for the first time since I was 11, try to win the division and make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited uh, just to have the sport back in general. And uh, baseball has played a big part in all of our lives. All of, you know, it's, you know, ever since, um, you know, these negotiations kind of were not necessarily agreed upon, but uh, baseball, when we heard that baseball was going to come back and they, they had the schedule unveiled, it was just awesome. And I've, I've been having the date this week circled on my calendar. Um, so in terms of safety, we know that baseball's doing testing for COVID-19 um, and the results have been pretty good. And there's a lot of guidelines that are going to go into place that have been practiced in some of these exhibition inter-squad games. Uh, so how do you think that this is going to play out? Do you think they're going to finish the season? I know it's really, really tough to predict. And what are some safety measures that you like that baseball has kind of instilled? So I definitely have mixed feelings about this whole season. Like as much as I'm excited about it, like me personally, I really don't think it should happen just because like, yes, I love baseball. I love watching it. Like it's one of my favorite things in the world, but at the end of the day, if there's not an MLB season for one year, like it's not that big of a deal. The sport will go on. Spring training will start again in March. So, like, I just don't think it's completely necessary to have a season, no matter, like, how excited about it I am. Because you have, like, Freeman, for example, like, a 6'4 professional athlete, like, in the best shape of his life, was talking about how he thought he was going to die because he had a 104-degree fever and just, like, felt horrible. And so, like, hearing that, like, seeing player stories and then seeing, like, people talking about, not athletes, but people that, like, had it back in March and then still struggle walking up the stairs because, like, they're that winded and, like, the virus scarred their lungs. Like, I don't want any player to catch the virus because people decided that this season should happen and then they have to retire because they can't even walk to first base without getting winded or, like, falling down. And so... But I do like the safety of it where, like, I like players wearing masks. Clint Frazier's been wearing a mask. He's been encouraging other players on the Yankees to wear masks. And, like, you have in the Asian leagues, they've been wearing masks. I think that's a fantastic idea just because, like, if you're the catcher, you are interacting with every single person on both teams, like, not social distance at all. So I think that, like, especially for catchers, it's super important. And then, like, the batters protect your catchers like it's really not that hard to make sure that they don't get the virus so I like the players wearing masks uh I obviously I like no fans in the stands just Mm -hmm. keeps players safe keeps fans safe keeps everyone safe um I like how they're doing the like leagues where NL Central's playing AL Central ALE's playing NL East stuff like that just to like limit regional travel because I know especially on the east coast like a lot of those northern states they're like I don't want these other people entering my state like I have already contained the virus and if I'm playing like southern states or states from other areas like they might bring that virus to me so I really like how they're trying to keep it as regional as possible like limiting cross-country travel, limiting the number of teams you play. So you're 
coming into contact and infecting less people. So I think that although I think the season shouldn't go on, I think that the plan currently in place is as safe as it could possibly be. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. Um, Because at the end of the day, um, people living and people breathing healthy is more important than, you know, sports. And I know the NBA is having their bubble. And from what I've heard, you know, it's very limited access. Only like a few handful of media are even allowed in. Uh, So if sports could get back safely, um, it's not the number one thing that, you know, maybe should happen. Um, but I think it's going to bring a joy at the end of the day for people who kind of have had that void in their lives. So yeah, let's talk about the Reds. Let's talk about the Reds. Cause this team, um, garbage truck going by let's, let's talk about the Reds. So this team is extremely fun to watch and will be fun to watch. In my opinion, they've always hit the past couple of years. Their main problem was, um, and I think you could attest to this, the pitching staff, um, well, not last year, like with Castillo and Gray and then Bauer at the end of the year, like the pitching was the best part of the Reds, which literally never happens. So it was really weird. Like the offense was the one holding back this team. Yeah. So, um, and this, and, uh, like you mentioned, those three guys are going to headline rotation now that has a chance to be one of the best. I think it is the best in the central has a chance to be one of the best in the national league. And um, with those those three guys, um, those are some serious track records right there, especially Castillo, who I saw a tweet the other day uh, listing odds for Cy Young candidates or something, and Castillo was on that list. So he's, you know, pretty underrated. Then you got, of course, Bauer, um, who everybody knows, and we're going to get to him in a second because I want to ask you about Bauer. And, um, of course, Sonny Gray. So what is the outlook for this team in terms of winning? Because um, I don't think the Cubs – I think their reign of being a completely dominant team are over. I think they have a chance to be maybe over 500, but I don't think they're the Cubs we saw um, four years ago, even two years ago. Uh, so where do you think the Reds fall in this division during a 60-game season? Yeah, I think you just nailed it with the Cubs. Like, they were – all right at best last year and did absolutely nothing to change that this year. Like they had no major free agent signings and like no, no huge prospects, highly anticipated prospects coming up this year. And I remember reading like MLB's top power rankings for this season and the Cubs were on that list. And whoever the writer was said that the Cubs offense has underperformed the last three years. So if they can get back up to that, then, like, they'll be a good team. And what I have to say to that is if they've underperformed for three years, that's who they are. Like, you can say that they have potential through the roof, but in the end, if you are underperforming for three straight years, like, it's not underperforming at that point. It's way too big of a sample size. Absolutely. And so that's the Cubs. Brewers, who made the playoffs last season, also got, like, slightly worse. So... I don't think that's that big of a deal. Pirates, fine, again. Like, last in the division last year, didn't really do anything big this year. And so if the Reds want to win the Central, I think that the Cardinals are the biggest struggle. So they've got great pitching, great offense, like great everything. And so 
it'll completely rely on how the Reds' new acquisitions um, blend with the team. So will Castellanos fit well with the team? Like, he said he doesn't want to DH, so he'll probably be playing left field. Like, how is that going to go? How is, like, Akiyama going to adjust to playing MLB? That's something that I'm, I wouldn't say worried about, but, like, I'm anticipating it where he's, like, he was one of the best players in Japan for the past several years, and so now he's coming to MLB. Like, is he going to have a huge breakout season, or is he going to, like, fall back a bit because he's just, like, not used to the American pitching, not used to how we're doing things? And But overall, I really like – I love this Reds team. I love how last year they were incredibly fun. Like, they were horrible, but they were so – fun to watch the team chemistry was amazing everyone was like super exciting and even though they weren't winning you could tell that they were still just appreciating being there appreciating playing the game and appreciating play each other and so if they keep that clubhouse chemistry and clubhouse culture and then add in extra talent like as long as those blend together I think this is the winning team yeah for sure I I agree and a lot of uh people are predicting the Reds are opening their eyes to seeing what this team could actually do. And a lot of them have the Reds atop the national league central. Uh, when I think of what you just said about the energy, uh, the energy that they had last year and how fun they were. I, I always think back to that. Was it Pittsburgh when Amir Garrett charged the entire pirates dugout? <laughs> that was fantastic. So were you so watching I, that when that happened? I wasn't watching that game. I don't remember what it was doing, I, but it's like, I saw, like, a tweet about Amir Garrett fighting the entire Pirates, so I immediately, like, went and turned on the game. Mm-hmm. And, just, and like, Puig started, got traded in the middle of yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, Puig got traded in the middle of this fight. Like, he wasn't even a Red anymore, and he was still taking on the entire, like, Pirates team to defend his teammates. And so, like, I think that that was the moment when Puig solidified himself as a Cincinnati legend. Like, back in <laughs> April when Back in April when he fought the Pirates, like, he was already, like, a Cincinnati legend because that was like, all right, you've been part of this team for two weeks and you're already taking on, like, 25 to 1, our biggest rival, because you can. And then he wasn't even red anymore and he did it again. And so that was like, you really care about us and we're really going to care about you. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was great. I remember watching the John Boy video and it was like 10 minutes long. And if you guys are familiar with John Boy, you know, it takes a really special moment to make a video that long um, with breakdowns that he does. Um, and also former giant prospect, top prospect for a couple of years, Kyle Crick was also in the middle of that. So that's what I think of as well. Um, so I want to get back to Akiyama real quick. Um, where does he fit on this team? I know he's listed as a center fielder on the roster. Nick Senzel's also Nick Senzel also exists. Um, so where do you profile him? Is he a center fielder? Is he uh, where else do you see him maybe playing? Yeah, so I definitely see Akiyama in right field solely because if you look at Nick Senzel, like he's one of the most athletic guys in baseball. Like his top sprint speed last year was faster than Billy Hamilton's top sprint speed while he was ever with the Reds. And so that's from one season. And like, yeah, he has his vertigo issues. He has like all that, but when he's healthy, like 
he's fast, he's strong, and he's incredibly athletic. And so I think that putting him in center field will easily be the best decision for the Reds. And so then you have the decision between left or right field. And if you're saying, as I said earlier, Castellanos is probably going to play left field solely because he said he doesn't want a DH. And you're not going to sign a guy because even though he said he didn't want a DH and then DH him. Like, that's <laughs> cruel to him. So they'll probably stick. Like, he's automatically left field and you put Akiyama in right. So that's how I see it happening. And on the, everyone's been putting out their mock lineups on Twitter just because that's what baseball Twitter does. We're all nerds. And I keep seeing people put Akiyama, like, third, fourth, fifth in their lineup. And, like, that – I just don't understand that. Like, this guy's never seen a major league pitch, and you're already saying, yes, I want him – like leading off or yes I want him near the top of my lineup so I think that that'll just solely be a wait and see what happens like maybe he'll have a really hot start and then you want to move him up the lineup but I think keeping him like six seven eight at least for the first couple weeks of the season is where he's going to stay for then so we saw a rare occurrence um and let me open it like this You've had the pleasure of watching um, somebody for the past uh, more than 10 years man first base. In 2007. Yeah, man first base and turn himself into one of baseball's most underappreciated. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to stick with. No, it's the right word. Okay, okay. So it is the right word. Underappreciated because you have two sides of baseball. You have the analytic side and you have old school some people blend it and you know there's that that's okay uh but you're either going to have one thought about joey Votto, or you're going to take the completely opposite thought um but according to ops last year he was uh under league average around league average offensively and that's something we're not used to seeing from him um and you know aside from that prior years he's been one of the best hitters in baseball uh he's you know led the league and on base percentage of like five, four straight years. And then another set of three straight years. Yeah. So he's been, he's been the guy uh, as far as first basemans in baseball. Um, so do you expect a, a bounce back? And I think in my opinion, a guy like this, it'd be a, easy to bounce back for him. Uh, he's a guy that maybe isn't solely, you know, isn't solely putting pressure on his power. He has other tools. Of course, uh, he walks a lot, knocks and runs still. So he's not, you know, solely based on power. So what do you think a bounce back would look like for Joey Votto? Yeah, so Votto, like the entire Reds team, has struggled in 2017 and 2018. Or I guess 18 and 19, sorry. He had MVP season 2017. Struggled in 2018 and 2019. And, like, I don't know if that was just, like, in, in 2018 he just had an off year and the team culture didn't work well. And then in 2019, like, the team just didn't mesh well with Turner Ward. I don't know if that was it. But, like, I, I've been saying for the past two years that he's going to have a comeback season. And, like, I want him to have one this year so badly like they they have a new hitting coach Alan Center he's great like 
the guys have been raving about him for the past couple of months saying like how his analytical approach has helped their hitting and Votto's been saying that he's felt the best physically and mentally that he has since 2017 so like that's huge for me because there have been times where Votto said yeah like I feel great and then immediately goes like bats 500 for two straight weeks and so if he's feeling as good as he says he is I think he'll have like a pretty decent season maybe not like a Joey Votto pre-2018 level season but I still think that he's got a good shot of being a bounce back the thing that like kind of concerns me is that he always has late starts like he'll be fine in the first half like he's been an all-star like what six times so obviously he's had good first halves but the second half is in 2010 2012 2015 2017 where he was an MVP finalist like those were the years where he batted like 350 360 370 after the all-star break had an OBP of like 470 post all-star break hit 20 home runs post all-star break like he's always been a second half player and there won't be a second half this year at 60 games so we need someone that can start out hot stay hot for those 60 games and I don't know if Otto's gonna be that guy he's a hall of famer though right he's absolutely a hundred percent had to get in that, that in there uh so let's talk about Bauer um so Trevor Bauer was acquired um last year and coming over you know a, a drive from Cleveland he's one of the more interesting individuals in the game he's got momentum is his own uh you know, production company or whatever you call it. Um, and he's, you know, been a, been a really good pitcher at times in the big league level, but he often, you know, he's often all the time, I should say, speaks his mind. And that's something that um, a lot of baseball fans like, and a lot of, you know, baseball fans are like, Oh God, this guy again. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Um, and you could, I don't you could, you could have a free for all here. You could talk about the personal stuff. You could talk about the baseball field stuff. Give me your thoughts on Trevor Bauer. I really do not like Trevor Bauer. Like there have been players that I've disliked before, like whether they've just said something stupid or like for whatever reason, I just got a bad vibe from them. And I just like, didn't like them. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. But Bauer is just like, <laughs> a terrible terrible human being like bullies kids on the internet like tells teenage girls to kill themselves because they said they didn't like him um like not to get political but like he's a trump supporter and i'm not a huge fan of that um like some of the stuff he said about like the indians logo or like the mascot or anything like that it's just like maybe you shouldn't have said that so like he is a horrible character and it's so hard for me to like not want him to fail like he'll be pitching and I'm just like it would be glorious if like this opposing batter just hit a home run like I know that's something horrible to say about your own team 
but like sometimes I'm just like man if this guy like sucked my life would be so much easier and like again he's good like he's a great pitcher he's like super into analytics which like obviously I am which is like I want to like him like I want so badly for him to be like a good person that I can like root for but he's just not (laughs) (laughs) and like he hasn't said all of those things that I've said earlier like he hasn't said any of those recently but he also like never really apologized for any of that so like if he somehow tried to redeem his character maybe I'd be like all right this guy's acceptable but like I just can't defend him now fair (laughs) something that I do like about him now though I will I will say one thing is um like driveline he has brought a bunch of driveline guys to our staff they are now working in our pitching and like that's great like I'm so glad that like the Reds already had a lot of talent with Castillo and Gray and him and now like they're bringing in some of the best pitching coaches and like forward thinking pitching people in the entire game and I think that's fantastic like I know that they wouldn't be here if Bauer wasn't a Red so it's like on one hand, I don't want this guy on my team, but on the other, like, I want the driveline guys, and, like, I know I can't have both, so I'm just torn, like, do I want the better pitching staff, or do I want the morally correct pitching staff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's an interesting guy, and I, I come across his tweets sometimes, and I just either laugh or I roll my eyes, and it's, he's an interesting dude. I will so- never get over that one time when he cut his finger yes on the drone playing with the drone Mm -hmm. like that infuriates me and it was dripping on the mound against the blue jays getting too graphic for the listeners yeah this like he has nothing to do with this but like as i said earlier puig was a fan favorite everyone here loved puig and then you get him (laughs) i was so mad like i will forever be bitter about that i knew puig wasn't gonna re-sign this year and i knew he was probably gonna be traded anyway but i freaking loved that guy in a reds uniform and then you trade him and our number one prospect for this guy that's gonna be here for a year and a half so that just like infuriated me to no end so you like I mentioned earlier, you're a sports journalist. Uh, so what is your major? Uh, my major is technically newspaper and online journalism, but I tell people just journalism because that's too fewer words. So how did you, how did you kind of start and in becoming interested in, in the industry? Yeah, so when I was in like elementary school and stuff, I loved like creative writing I was like yeah I want to be a fantasy writer and write my own version of Harry Potter or whatever and then in like middle school I was like okay maybe that's not gonna happen but like I loved celebrity culture back then so when I was like 14 I was a huge One Direction fan like I still am but it's like I was into that like I was into a whole bunch of artists and celebrities so I was like okay I want to be like 
an entertainment journalist. I'm gonna like write about these people's lives, like write reviews of their concerts, like all this kind of stuff. And then like as I got older, my interests changed, but the journalism thing stayed the same. So when I was in high school, I got way more into baseball and way more into sports. And I was like, okay, maybe like instead of the entertainment industry, I can write about sports. And so that's how this whole thing started of me starting to be interested in sports writing and my school didn't have any journalism whatsoever so like no newspaper no tv station like we had a journalism class but that class was one semester of learning journalism ethics and then one semester of making the yearbook and so i wasn't really into that so i didn't never like did journalism at my high school since that was the only option so that's when I started writing for Blog Red Machine. I was like, I like the Reds. I want to do sports writing. Like, I saw a tweet saying they were looking for writers. So I was like, I'm going to go for it. And got hired for them. I haven't written anything recently, but I used to write pretty frequently for them. And so that's how I, like, got my start in sports writing was with Fansided and Blog Red Machine. And... So then when I was like a junior, senior in high school, like I knew I was going for journalism. I knew I primarily wanted to focus on sports. So basically how my college search went, I Googled top journalism schools in America, applied to the top 10, and then what happened, happened. (laughs) (laughs) And like... My top two schools, like, going into the end of my senior year were Syracuse and Arizona State, and I ended up picking Syracuse, like, just because, I mean, I sound so cliche when I say this, but it felt right. Like, when I was there, I loved the atmosphere. Like, I loved the program. I knew that the Daily Orange was the best student paper in the country, and even though Arizona State, like, had a specific sports journalism major, and um, they were further away from Ohio, which is something that I really liked. Like, in the end, Syracuse was just a better fit for me. For sure, for sure. So do you have <laughs> do you have any mentors or, like, any writers that you look up to in the industry? <laughs> yeah. So, so if you guys are listening, I'm holding up a picture of Jeff Passan, who actually is a Syracuse grad. Yeah, so Jeff Passan is my favorite Syracuse alumni. Um, Does a like, great ammo, by the way. Fa- yeah, fantastic. I feel like that's a weird thing to say, where it's like, he is my favorite sports writer. Like, he's my favorite graduate from my school. But I mean, like, so he and I were both born in Ohio, went to Syracuse, wrote for the Daily Orange, and then... He was sports editor, then he was managing editor, then he graduated and never went back to Ohio. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's what I aspire to do. I want to be sports editor of the Daily Orange. Like, Bye, Ohio. That's <laughs> where I was right now. Like, So, like, to me, that's really cool. And just seeing, like, one of the top baseball writers, like, in the game, being where I was 20 years ago like that tells me hey if Jeff Passan did that because he went to Syracuse like I can do that because I'm at Syracuse right now and so (laughs) it's like the worst kept secret like I have a giant crush on Jeff Passan there was one (laughs) um I was at 
we had Dio Ladies Night over Zoom, and like our editor in chief, who I had two conversations with ever, is just like, "So, Ali, here you have a huge crush on Jeff Bassett," and I'm like, "Who, who is sharing these things?" <laughs> so was it Jeff? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so if I were to ask you of, you know, covering baseball, have you had the chance to cover other sports? And if so, what's the big difference that you see? Yeah. So this past fall, I was the daily orange cross country writer. Mm. And that was my first experience, like actually covering something like I'd done reds columns before and I've written like a bit for myself but this was like an actual team and I was writing about actual people and I got to talk to those people so that was like really new and different and exciting for me um especially when like I got to go to the like NCAA cross-country national championship like that was the first time I had ever covered anything like I had never covered I didn't cover any other race for cross-country I'd never covered like a game or anything as I said my school doesn't have a newspaper so there is no like high school football to go write articles about so that was like a really cool experience for me I didn't know anything about collegiate running so like my dad's a marathoner so I talked to him a bit I read old articles like so I just like learned how running works how cross-country works and so that was like really new for me And then in the spring, I was the softball writer. So, like, not baseball, but because Syracuse doesn't have a baseball team. But it was, like, something I was familiar with, something that, like, I played softball up until middle school. So, it's, like, I generally knew, like, how softball works, strategies, and that kind of stuff. And so that was nice to, like, get something I was familiar with. But also, like, it wasn't completely my comfort zone. Like, if I was in baseball, like, I would have known everything and it would have been great. But with softball, it's like I didn't totally know like specifics about pitching mechanics or certain strategies and stuff. So there was still research I had to do, things I had to learn. And so that was really exciting for me. And the season got canceled the weekend before their home opener. So I never got to cover a game. Like, and now, I'm supposed to be on volleyball next season. We'll see if sports happen. But it's like that'll be a brand new sport that, like, I don't know much about volleyball. My mom's a volleyball coach, so, like, I've talked to her a bit about it. And, again, I've gone back and read some old articles about volleyball just to see what other people are saying. But, like, if the fall season ends up happening, like, which I'm not completely optimistic that it will – and if it does, it'll be weird and like press opportunities are going to be incredibly scarce, but I'm excited to do that. Learning something completely new, learning a completely different sport and then having to adapt to that. I think that's a really important skill to like learn about a new thing and like it's forcing me to step outside of my comfort zone. I'm not just writing about things I know or things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in sports media, you're going to see um, that there's a lot of there's a lot of men in sports media, and I think uh, it's a very at times misogynistic uh, industry. Sports media, and not just sports media, but sports in general. Um, 
so baseball, I feel like is, is really been the pioneers for, there's a lot of women covering uh, baseball. And I think that it's baseball's really, really um, has been accepting and they've been accepting with open arms uh, for women in the industry. So if you were to talk to, you know, say a nine-year-old who is in your shoes that wants to be in sports media, what would you say to them? Dude, I'd tell her, like, go for it. Like, girl power, baby. There's nothing we can't do. I am incredibly fortunate that I've never, like, had anyone in sports tell me, like, oh, why, like, you're a girl. Why do you want to go into sports writing? Or, like, telling me that I'm not as qualified as, like, a man would be. So I'm really fortunate that I've never had that kind of situation. So I couldn't, like, tell this nine-year-old girl what she has ahead of me. But... And I think it's really important that, like, people know that, like, girls have a place in sports. Like, I can hold a conversation about baseball just as good as you can. No doubt. There's absolutely no reason why anyone needs to, like, try to discredit me or try to discredit my gender. Like, especially because a lot of girls, like, played Little League. Like, they played baseball, so you don't even have the excuse of, oh, you've never played baseball. You don't get it. Like, they literally did. (laughs) So, (laughs) and, yeah, it's really important to, like, just, like, let girls and young women know, like, you can do this. Like, I have a whole bunch of female writers where it's, like, I look up to them. I see them, like, doing their coverage of games, and it's, like, I want to be you. Like, because there are male sports writers I look up to but it's like really important for me to see that like yeah there are women like you won't be the only girl if you enter this field and like you know people have done it before so you can do it again yeah that's great advice I think it's it's definitely um it's definitely an industry that is changing and it's changing for the good and I think that's something that uh, everybody could uh, respect Anyhow, Allie, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you guys could follow Allie. Let me pull up her. Actually, do you want to do you want to plug in your? Oh, I got it right here. Her uh, Twitter handle is at Cincinnati. Oh, I just that was the first time I said that out loud. Uh, so it's C I N C I N N A L L I E. Since Finale. that is the first time i said that out loud that's hilarious i will like have people call me that they'll be like what's up Cincinnati?" and i'm like don't say that like, <laughs> just don't yeah so that's where you guys could follow her you guys could follow the podcast at rizzocast on twitter um ali thanks for joining me and i don't have any doubt that we could see you possibly uh, covering baseball full-time at Yahoo Sports, following in the footsteps of Jeff Passan, Syracuse alumni, legendary sports writer. Uh, But no, in all seriousness, best of luck to you going forward, and I'm excited to hear about all the big things you do. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Of course. All right, guys, have a good day, and enjoy the start of baseball season. 60 games, only 60 games, so you guys have to – really embrace it because and again it could also be shut down at any point in time like we talked about thank you guys for listening thank you guys for watching and have a great day